Hey guys, welcome back. Thank you for being here. Today, we're going to talk about how to mark your sheet music. And this is something that you may have learned when you were studying musical theater in college. Um, But if you did not study musical theater in college, then you might be just getting this information out in the world as you're doing auditions from friends. And it might not be industry standard information. Um, You might be getting it, you know, from the accompanist when you're in your audition. And that is terrible because then it's a little bit too late, right? So I thought we'd just go over the basics, how to prepare your sheet music so that you have the best performance from your pianist in your audition as possible. Um, It's going to be a two-parter. So today we're going to talk about what has to be on the first page of your audition cut, something a lot of people don't think about. Um, And then also just sort of the best practices for like binder choice and sheet protectors and that kind of stuff. And then we'll be talking about more next week. All right, let's get into it. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studying the Song, a podcast to help musical theater actors figure out what to sing and how to sing it so that you shine in your audition, one-woman show, or leading role. My friends, talent and passion are only the beginning. I believe there is freedom in preparation. I believe that when you put in the work, practice the skills and do the research, something amazing happens. You become so prepared in your craft that you become unstoppable. In this podcast, I wanna give you the tools and skills to create a powerful audition book that showcases your artistry and actually gets you work. I want you to feel totally at home reading the musical score of a show, and I want to help you define your unique artistic voice. Consider me your own personal vocal coach in your earbuds, cheering you on and bringing you the reality checks you need along the way. I'm Corey Yamaoka, and I'm so excited to be walking this journey with you. Let's dive in. All right. Why are we talking about how to prepare your sheet music? Here's why. When you walk into your audition, one of the scariest things is that you're handing over your sheet music to an accompanist that oftentimes you have never performed with before. They don't know your music. um, They don't know this cut. Maybe they've seen the, the song before, but they don't know how you perform it. They don't know your timing, your feel, all of that. And it's so important that your sheet music is marked properly to communicate all of those choices that you make in your version of the song to the accompanist so that they can perform it as close to how you want it done as possible. Now, you're not going to get it 100% the same as a practice track that you might have, you know, had somebody record for you. But if you can clearly mark your sheet music, you're going to make it so much easier for that accompanist to give you a fantastic performance. Okay. So the first thing we're going to talk about is just sort of the best practices. What kind of a binder should you be choosing? And what? how do you actually... Um, uh, put your sheet music in there. We'll talk about like, uh, what are they called? Sheet protectors and that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh. So tongue tied. So first things first, what kind of binder you need to have a hardback three ring binder. Okay. Some people will bring in not a ton, but once in a while I'll have somebody that brings in like a plastic one that's kind of floppy and flexible. And those do not stay open on the music stand on the piano. So get a hardback three ring binder. And usually 
Um, you know, if you just have a couple songs in your binder, you might have as small as like a half inch, but I find most people have like a one to two inch thick binder and those are totally fine and, and easy to flip through as long as it's not jam packed with music, um, where you can, you can't like turn the pages without ripping something, right? Um, if you get bigger than a two inch binder, it becomes a little bit unwieldy on the piano or on a music stand. So half inch to two inch, I think, you know, one or two inch is probably going to be what works for you. And if you have a lot of music, only bring in, you know, the things that you might sing for this audition or have a good selection of, you know, 10, 12 songs in there and then keep all your repertoire in a different binder. Okay. Now let's talk about how to copy your music. Are you going to put it in sheet protectors? Are you going to tape it? All of that stuff. Um, the I th- I'll go in like order from ideal to least ideal. How about that? The ideal way to present your sheet music is a double-sided copy. So there's no tape. There's no sheet protector or anything. Y'all, since you were one years old, two years old, your fingers have been learning how to turn a single sheet of paper. And all of the books you've read in your lifetime, all of the newspapers, all the magazines that you flipped through have trained your fingers to sense a single page. Okay. This sounds silly, but really you want to present the fewest obstacles for your accompanist in that moment. And if you've got multiple pages taped together or folded together, it it's like it's this little extra thing obstacle that we have to overcome to figure out if we're grabbing the right amount of pages. So ideally, go and get them copied front to back. Once you make all of your marks and all of that and you cut and paste it how you want, you can make that nice clean copy. However, I understand not everybody can do that. So here are the next ideal, um, more functional things that you can do. Put your music in sheet protectors. I have no problem with this. What's great about a sheet protector is that, yes, it's thicker, but you know you can grab that sheet protector and flip that page and you're not going to rip it out, right? So you can be a little bit more aggressive with your page turning as an accompanist and not be so um, worried about what's going to happen. Because I've had sheets where, you know, the the holes are kind of broken And so it's hanging on by that one last hole and maybe the top of it is like leaning out or whatever. So the top of the paper is leaning out from the side of the binder. And those are just really obnoxious. So (laughs) make sure that your music is secure. Um, And if you put it in a sheet protector, that's cool with me. If you know your accompanist really well that's going to be in the audition and you know they hate it, then don't do it. But I think most accompanists are fine with it. Some people prefer non-glare just in case you're like in a weird lighting situation and the piano's angled in such a way that the light is hitting the, um, the sheet music protectors. So if they're non-glare, then it's a little bit easier. Okay. So that might be also, um, more functional for you because you can, you know, put different sheets back to back. You can take the long version of your song and shorten it. And it's more, um, versatile, uh, rather than having that double-sided copy, which, you have to make the choice. This is the order that it's going to go in. Um, after sheet protectors, the next le- next ideal would be taping the music back to back. I don't have any problem with taped music. I do it a lot, but I would emphasize to tape 
both the left-hand side of the music and the right-hand side so that the pages are really together. You don't want the pages that are the the left-hand side that is where the binder rings are to look like it's two different pages unfolded, right? You want it to feel like it's also taped together. And I tape it like kind of the top third and the bottom third on each side, so at least two two pieces of tape. Okay, this is so nitty-gritty and tactical, but this is going to help you um, have a better experience in your audition. When you tape music, the additional thing I like to do is fold the bottom right-hand corner up a little bit so that as an accompanist, I'm grabbing the two pieces together. That's an insider tip. And I'll actually do that to your sheet music. If you come to me in an audition, I will fold the bottom of your sheet music so I can just grab it and pull it. Okay, it's the same idea as that sheet protector. You grab that bottom corner and rip it, you know, throw it across the page. Um, So you can see the next measure of music. When you have the little um, fold happening and they're folded together, not just the first page, but the second page that it's taped to, then I know that I'm turning those as a unit and they're easier to grab. So that's what I would say best practices for how to present your sheet music. Um, Some people do, and this is sort of an older practice, they'll tape their two or three pages to a hard manila folder and they'll unfold the folder in front of you. But I find that these are unreliable as far as if they stay standing up. Sometimes the air conditioning will blow them over. Sometimes they don't stay open very well. So don't you don't need to paste your music to a manila folder. Not really done so much anymore. Um, just keep it in a binder that's easy to turn the pages and easy to read the music. Okay, so that's the first thing, binder and pages. Second thing we're going to talk about today, and this is more the meat of today's episode, is what needs to go on your first page. A lot of people don't really think about this. Like, it's rare that you actually start your audition cut on the first page, right? You're usually like kind of diving into the middle, starting in a in a chorus or a bridge or at a verse that's later in the song where you're going to get to go up to a more climactic chorus or right the ending, closer to the ending. But there's so much information that's on the first page of your sheet music um, that needs to be transferred to whatever page you're starting your song on, okay? So here are a few of the items that you need to put on there. Make sure that you have the title of the song at the top of your page. It might You might have to write it in small because there's going to be, you know, if you're starting on page five of your music, there's going to be staves all the way up to the top, Right. But write in the title of your song and write in the musical that it's from. This is a huge amount of information because we instantly recognize like, oh, it's this song. Now I'm looking for this. You know, I know that these are the different sections of the song and oh, this is clearly this section. I get it. Um, If you don't know, if it's a song that I don't know, I also need to know that information, right? I'm like, oh, I don't know the title of this song. What show is it from? oh, that's from this show that I've heard before, but I just haven't played this song from it. Okay, cool. So that gives you a reference of familiarity before you even play any of the notes. The other thing you should write across that top is the composer and lyricist, because this is additional information. Let's say it's a show from the 1950s, 
I haven't heard of that show. There's no way of knowing what era the show is from if I don't know the title. But if you put the composer and the lyricist up there, chances are I know like, oh, this is Julie Stein. Okay, it's going to be kind of like Gypsy, right? Or if this is Sondheim, obviously, you know, Sondheim's going to have a lot of like rolling arpeggiated um, accompaniments or things like that. It's going to be much easier for you to, uh, for the accompanist, sorry, to understand the musical conventions that are going to happen in the, in the song if they know who the composer is. So again, just another head start that the composer gets. All right. So title of song, title of show. Second, put the composer lyricist. Third, on the first page, well, what you need to have is some sort of tempo marking. Let me just say that first. Now, be careful about this. On the first page of your actual sheet music, there will be a tempo marking, right? But a lot of times in musical theater, our songs start voce or freely or rubato, right? And then at some point, a more strict tempo kicks in. So if you're starting your song from somewhere in the middle, it's probably from the time where the tempo has kicked in and you need to find the marking in the music of what that style and tempo is, okay? Sometimes it's an actual like quarter note equals 120. It's beats per minute. They give you those numbers, write that in. Draw a little quarter note equal sign 120. Other times the tempo is descriptive and you'll find this much more often. It'll say moderately fast or andante, allegro. Um, I was looking at title of show for examples and one of theirs is rolling larghetto. So larghetto is a little bit slowly, but a rolling version of it, whatever that is. Um, also could be some a word like flowing, which is not necessarily an exact tempo, but a way that the the feeling should go. Yeah. So write any of those words in at the top of the page or close to where your introduction is. So we know what the, the, how fast you want the song to go. Yes. You're going to probably like tap out a tempo for us. That's awesome. But we need to know what the goal is. What are we going for here? The second element of tempo is sometimes there's a style that it's supposed to be in. Again, I looked at title of show for examples, and here are some of the various styles that are marked on that sheet music. Um, one of the songs, it says funk. Okay, well, that's going to be a very specific kind of left-hand groove. That's going to be um, a, certain, a certain groove that you need to feel. It's all about interlocking rhythms between the left and the right hand. Those are all pieces of information that the accompanist is like pulling from their brain, Okay. And if you don't have the word funk written on there, it's going to be much harder for me to figure it out while I'm playing your song. You don't want me to figure things out while I'm playing your song. You want the accompanist to have as much in their mind before they even start the first measure. Um, other styles in, in title of show were, were um, bossa nova or power ballad. And those each have certain musical conventions that are, you know, filed in an accompanist's brain and they pull them out in order to perform your song as best as they can. Now, often you'll get a combination of tempo and feel. So again, going all within title of show, these are all different styles and tempos within this show. One of the songs says moderate ragtime. Another says easy disco feel, moderate ballad, 
or one of my favorites, moderately fast pop show tune. That's very descriptive. So if they're going through the trouble of specifying at that level, you need to put that specific instruction on your first page of your cut. Okay. Um, again, make sure that it's the most recent instruction to where your cut begins. Sometimes the beginning of the song might start in a moderate ragtime and then it'll go to a waltz in the middle. Okay. You need to put waltz. All right. Um, all right. That's, I think, self-explanatory. Next element that you need to make sure is on your first page, the time signature. Okay. I don't know if you've noticed, but they usually only put the time signature at the very beginning of the song. As you turn pages, you won't see a time signature anymore. You'll see like a treble clef and you'll see the key signature, whether they're sharps or flats, but it doesn't have the time signature. So you need to make sure if you're starting somewhere in the middle that you write in that time signature, especially if you have cut pieces of like a measure and you physically like pasted it somewhere else, make sure you write in what the, um, what the time signature is. So that means if it, is it four, four, is it cut time where it's like a C with a, an up and down line? Is it two, four, is it six, eight, all super important information for us to be able to play the accompaniment correctly. The fifth element, let's see, first one was title of song, title of show, then composer, lyricist, then tempo or style, and then time signature. So fifth element is, ooh, the fifth element. I love that movie, you guys. Oh, so good. Bruce Willis. Oh, such sad news about Bruce Willis and um, his like cognitive disorder that he has. I just love him as an actor. Um, anyway, that's just a special information you're getting today. <laughs> a special piece of info about uh, what kind of movies Corey likes to watch. So the fifth element that needs to be on your... Um, on your first page of your cut is the key signature. Now, the key signature is written on every line of your sheet music, but again, if you're physically cutting pieces here and there and making your own uh, version of your first page, make sure there's a key signature that you have written in or that you actually include in the measures that you've cut, okay? Very vital information. Um, it's, it's, it's like the most basic information. We have to know what key we're playing your song in. Okay. The, let's see, this is the last element. Okay. The sixth element that needs to be on your first page is your introduction and it needs to be clearly marked. So I've already recorded a whole episode about how you can create an introduction from your sheet music that you have available that you're looking at. So that is episode 30. Go listen to that episode, seven ways to create an intro for your audition cut. And then make sure that on your first page, it is super clearly mark what, marked what that introduction is. Is it a bell tone? Is it the actual two measures right before your, um, your vocal comes in? Is it the measure that you're singing, uh, that your vocal starts in, but you want that measure repeated once, um, and you're going to come in on the second time. Those are all different choices, but you've got to figure out how to mark it, put a bracket, put repeat sign, write in what the bell tone is, put a fermata over it. You know, all of those are options. Um, I will say that I appreciate when somebody puts in the word start or intro on the page. Here's why. 
sometimes people will have like a, a bracket written right in front of the lyric where they start to sing. And there's no intro before it. They're just expecting you to, um, to create something, or maybe they just assume that you'll know what to play. Like there's a standard choice. There isn't. Um, and so I have to ask, what intro do you want? Um, sometimes they'll put the word start, but they're putting the start over the lyric that they're starting on, not where they want the music to start. So be very careful, very specific about what you want. You can use the word start, but put it over the, the actual bar of music that you want to begin before you start singing. Okay, so write start or intro. And then if there is other music, like let's say you're using the two measures before you come in, and but there's earlier measures than that on the page, just kind of cross those through lightly with a like a, a diagonal pencil mark so that I know I'm not looking at anything over there. I'm looking just at the two bars right before your vocal begins. Okay, I think that is a clear way to mark your introduction. Um, with that episode, I also created a PDF with those seven different ways written down. So you can go to my website, koriyamaoka.com. And if you go to the resources page, you can find that free PDF and then print it out and put it in your binder so that when you're, um, when you're making audition cuts, you just have those seven different ideas right in front of you. Like, Oh, what would work best for this song? What kind of an introduction would feel um, the most appropriate, looking at your sheet music, what, what's the easiest way to do it? Well, there, here's the seven ideas right in front of you. So go to the website resources page and get the um, seven ways to make an intro free PDF. Okay. So let me review. What are the, the um, what was it? Six things that you need on your first page. You need the title of song and the title of the show. Number two, you need the composer and the lyricist. Number three, you need the tempo and style marking. Number four, the time signature. Number five, key signature. Number six, a clearly marked introduction. Who knew we needed all those things? I feel like I've never heard any of that actually spoken out loud in a musical theater class at any of the colleges that I've gone to or worked at. So there it is all laid out for you. I hope this is helpful. Share it with your friends. Send this episode to somebody else that needs help marking their sheet music. Or if you're a teacher and you are also telling your students this, but you want them to hear it from another source, um, share this episode with your students and it'll be a resource for them that they can use on a repeat when they're putting their music together. All right, so next week we're gonna continue with part two. And in part two, I'll give you a little sneak peek. We're going to be, we're going to be talking about how to make the inner cuts, how to mark them. We're going to be talking about tempo changes and endings. Yes, there's so much to cutting your music um, and to making it clear. And um, I, I hope that this will be information that will shift how you're marking your music and that will actually create a much more successful um, piano accompaniment in your live audition situation. All right. That's it for today. I hope you are well. I hope you are healthy. I hope this week brings you love and light and joy. And I hope that you bring that to the other people that you encounter this week. I will see you next time right here on Studying the Song. Mm -hmm.